Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high-performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with William Keeley. And we are here at Hallett in Oklahoma for an SCCA race weekend. And uh, I met William through another group of friends that I have for our B-Spec racing. And um, so I understand you drive a Spec Miata? I have since it went to be a national class in 2006. Wow, okay. With a small break. I think I took two years off. So is that when you started racing? Or... Yes, I started in the Spec Miata class. I've, I, I've been a, a Miata guy forever. I, I bought my first Miata in June of, of uh, 89 when they first came out. So I was one of the early adopters. And I've had between Lemons cars and three different race cars and a bunch of street cars, I've probably had a dozen... I would have to count and figure it out. I, I uh, <coughs> still my daily driver is a six point two liter Miata. Okay. So the eighty nine when you first got started, did mm -hmm. you track them at all, or did that take a while before you started tracking them? Well, I <coughs> I autocrossed uh, when they first came out. So in the oh, okay. in, in the early nineties, I autocrossed for a few years, and then I got a Boxster and I started doing uh, DEs with the Porsche Club, and so it kind of was a progression. I started autocrossing, but then I got tired of that because it. And then I did the DEs for a couple of years, and I got tired of that. And then I was like, okay, I want some wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing, and so I had the Miata, and I, you know, was reasonably well off at that point, so I could waste money on it. So, and, and I was, I wasn't crazy, you know, like the people now. Uh, I built my first one in my garage, did the cage myself. A uh, little 110 volt welder, and uh, uh, for like eight thousand dollars, nine thousand dollars, put the car together. Wow! With with what was my street Miata at that point in time? Yeah. What, what I mean, what does that compare to today? <clears throat> I still built the the third one I've got out there. I still built it. It was a little more, probably uh, eighteen or so to do it. I I, I shouldn't say it because. A lot of stuff came off my wreck car. I, the reason I took two years off is I had a crash and took me two years to let my wife convince my wife that I should get back in the car. Wow. So, um, so I built this, this one, and so so it had you know the motor that was in the old one was reasonably okay. We just had to replace all the stuff off the front of it. Uh, but so I used that motor. Uh, John Phillips donated a, a, a chassis that he had laying around, so I you know. It was it was considerably less, but if you had to build one with a, a built motor and everything right now, and you did it yourself, I would guess it would be eighteen. Okay. I've not put the numbers together. <clears throat> and then if you pay somebody to do them, they're thirty-five and up. Oh, okay, I see. So, and then, but either I mean, if you do it yourself, and well, first of all, how did you pick up all the skills to do this? Just over the years, that's just what you did. Uh, my first car when I was. 15 was an MG midget and I was an idiot and I used to tear it up and so I had to fix it. And so I, I learned uh, through that 
year or two of having that car and a, a mechanic that showed me how to do stuff. So I learned how to do it. But, you know, when I built my first one, I didn't know how to weld. And so that was that when I, you know, and one of my, our common friends tells me I still don't know how to weld and, and, and uh, that I'm crazy to drive around in, in a car that, or race a car that had a cage welded with a little 110 MIG welder. Uh, but I did take some extra pipe and I fished mouth a chunk and, and welded it together. And then I took a sledgehammer and I tried to break it. And, and it just bit and, and didn't come apart. So I was like, okay, that's, that's acceptable. And, and like I say, the car I crashed and totaled, uh, granted it didn't really, it was a head on into a side of another car. And so it didn't really test my cage, but it didn't have any, any cage damage. It was just shortened by a foot and a half. Yeah. My gosh. Um, so tell me if, if you're if you're willing to tell me can you tell me a little bit more about the wreck and maybe where you were at? We were at TWS and um, I was racing our common friend who who was still in spec me out at that point before he had given up and gone to B spec. Uh, and one of my goals every time was to beat Kent, you know, and so you'd be ahead of Kent. So we were at Texas World Speedway and it was a a rainy to drying it, it had rained and it was the track was drying and uh there was a dry line and i went into turn seven if you know if you know tbs and i had screwed up turn six and kent was right behind me and so i did get the power down coming out of six the way i should and got a little squirrely so i knew he was going to be catching me up down that straightaway and I knew there was a caution after we went around the corner to seven. It's between seven and eight. There was a there was a standing caution for a car that was well off into the up to almost to the trees. And so I just knew I, I had to stay in front of Kent for one turn. And if I could do that, I could uh, relive my mistake. Uh, and I went in that turn. I slipped up into the wet. And as soon as I got into the wet, I started heading off. And as soon as I had started heading off, I looked up, and I'm like, oh. I'm going to go right down the track to the other car. Oh. And the other car um, <coughs> had gone into a little berm, and when they went into the berm, they turned sideways to me. And it had a passenger door to me. And it was luckily it was a passenger door, I would have killed the guy because it, 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 the, the, the car crushed halfway to the tunnel. Wow. So uh, it, was, it was very lucky. He got, some, he got some broken ribs. I broke my back and spent five days in the hospital, five, six days in the hospital. Uh, and have two rods and eight screws now, but uh, and that's why it took me a while to con- convince my wife to let me go back. Exactly, and she's still still not happy about it. So she's she's really glad that I'm quitting this year. Yeah, you said you're quitting this year. Yeah, Is turning it- sixty, and so I figured it's a good time to stop when I'm just slow, not dangerously slow. You know, because uh, at best I was a mid pack runner, and now I'm a backpack. You know, I, I run at the back and expect me out of the field. I don't know if it's whether I've gotten slower or if everyone else is just up their game or what, but uh, that's, that's where I am. What does it take to stay at the front and spec me out of? I would know. I've never been at the front. <laughs> the best I've been is mid-pack. And, and, like, it, and it's, it's really changed. I mean, my first car, we didn't touch the engine until I blew it up. So I, it was a street car with 80... 80,000 miles or so when I converted it. And even at that point in time, the, the, the fast people, really what they were doing uh, was buying uh, a crate motor 
and on a crate and putting and putting that in a car and, and maybe going through the head. You know, after they loosen up the bottom end, they go through. You know, redo the head after a season. And that was that was the hot ticket early on, and now it's a it's a six thousand uh, dollar motor from one of the the four uh, engine builders. Yeah. Know, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so you have any like so obviously you 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 know race a lot with Kent because he's in the Houston you're in the Houston area yeah. right. Um, and do you have any other like rivalries through the years? No, not really. I I. Uh, in the past few years of going to the Super Tour, um, there's an older gentleman my age uh, who is about the same speed as me, and we always seem to race together. And I like him because he races clean, he races me hard. So, you know, uh, Whitfield Greg you know, from, from uh, Portland area, I guess, is where they, where they are. Okay. Somewhere out, somewhere out west, Seattle or Portland, I can't remember where. But I always see him at a lot of the Super Tours, and so I have a lot of fun racing with him for the last four or five years. Awesome. Yep. So, with where have you been in terms of tracks? Like everywhere in the nation, or where do you stick to a certain area? Um, pretty much anywhere. You know, we in the last few years, John and I have been uh, going to pretty much one bucket track a, a year. Okay. And so we were, we were, we were thinking about going to Watkins Glen. I just I'm so freaked out about all the blue armco that, that i decided i didn't want to go to that one so we decided to go to this year the, la the last race i'm going to is going to be the uh, august race at daytona okay so we're going to go do daytona he's already done it uh, uh, many times but you know and, and it's supposedly you know it's kind of a mickey mouse track you know a, a roval but they do say it's pretty amazing when you go through the tunnel and come out you know in a couple of you know when We've gone places like Indy, and, and you know, when you're standing in there looking around, you're like, this is pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, Daytona, I've not been, <clears throat> but it just, from an outsider's view, it just looks massive with the stands and yeah. everything. So, um, what other bucket lists that you you may not be able to get to them, but outside of that, was there some you've always wanted to get to? No, I pretty much, <clears throat> other than Watkins Glen, like I say, I, I was scared off by the Armco, you know, and... and but I, you know, we run. We went. I guess it was last year, year before. We went to pit, so I got to go to pit race, and that was good. Um, been to Indy, been to Atlanta, been to VIR, been to Mid Ohio. Um, Anything in California? We went to Sonoma the year that the runoff were at, were at Sonoma, so I got to run Sonoma. That was fun. Cool. And my wife—that was one that my wife would go to because it was in wine country, and so yeah. she oh, spent. Yeah. She spent a week uh, doing wine. That's she says, awesome. anytime I want to go back to Sonoma, we, we can go back there. <laughs> you have to do a special one maybe in yeah. the future years just for that. Um, so, do you have a favorite? <clears throat> for different, uh, different, it's kind of like Bond movies. I like different ones for different reasons. But I like this track because it's, it's small, family, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, Road America is beautiful. I mean, and, but it's it's just a speed demon. Unless you just have a lot of motor, it's not, you know, even though I've never done very well there, it's not very technical or, or challenging to me. You know, only the one last little straight where you have any turns that are actually linked together. Yeah. You know, mostly it's just a single turn, single turn, single turn. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but it is beautiful, so going there was, was, was nice. Uh, so, I, you know, 
different reasons. You know, my, my brothers and two two of my brothers are Virginia, so whenever they come to Virginia, they come to the track and see me, so that's fun. But I don't really, that's not a real raceable track, so I don't really like that one for that reason. But anybody else in your family into uh, into racing now? No, it was it was kind of funny because my dad was not a car guy, and he bought me the Miata, or I wouldn't say bought me. He acquired the Miata because it was. It was he was going to get it incredibly cheap, and it was wrecked at the time. And he thought, you know, he was kind of one of the people that, that thought, you know, okay, get your hands dirty and do something, you know. And so, you know, even though he was a lawyer, he was like, you know, still did things with his hands. And so he he got me the car, and it started me on on uh, a lifetime addiction of cars. And he hated it because it was not his hobby. He was like, his hobby was stamp collecting. He was like, you know, this is just stupid. You're, you're wasting money on cars. So it was kind of funny. And his was stamp collecting? Yeah, stamped and coins. So he okay. was a philatelist and a numistatist. So he was like, you know, you know and I thought his hobby was, was just incredibly stupid. But, yeah. you know, we both, we both uh, you know. <laughs> um, do you have any memories of any particular race that just stood out as like, a great, great race for you, and you'll always remember it. It wasn't great, but it was my highest finish. And the first time I got national points, when they used to have regional national separation, I got seventh at Texas Motor Speedway. I think I qualified third because I. It was when I first got my first built motor, so I, I had a, I had a Sun Belt motor when very few people were still most of the crowd was still not you know less than 50 percent were doing built motors so i had a i had a I, it was and i didn't even buy new i bought a somebody else's sun belt that they had taken out of their car because they found one that made two two horsepower more <laughs> so i had a, i had a used sun belt that i bought from uh mr york ed york uh and Texas Motor Speedway is a really Mickey Mouse track. It only has like six turns and only two of them matter, so very few places to make mistakes. It's all about just, you know, keeping your foot down. And I followed a guy who's who's passed away now, uh, uh, Keith Burgess, who was a good guy, a good racer, and he was from the Dallas area. And so I got behind him and was able to stick to him on one lap in qualifying and, and, and got a third on on his talent, not mine. And, and uh, uh, so it was the highest start I ever had in a, in a major race, and it was my highest finish, and first time I got points in a national race. Cool. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So it, since you are leaving the sport, I'm assuming you're going to be selling all, all that you have, right? Yeah, I just had the one car. So. Okay. So tell, tell everybody about the car. There may be somebody interested in buying it. It's an it's a E Street racing motor. Uh, I built the cage, and, 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 and uh, it's been prepped by John Phillips, uh, John Phillips Race Prep its entire life. Uh, it's got pretty much everything that you can legally do to it, with the exception of the new transmission mods that 
depending on who you talk to, you only need them if you're ham-fisted and tear up transmissions. Uh, so it's got a, 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 a Don Reynolds built transmission, a guy out of uh, uh, Oklahoma builds real good boxes. Um, drop, uh, E Street drop pan for the seat, uh, Kirky road race seat, the Kirky intermediate race seat. Most people don't like those. They, don't, they like the containment seat. I don't like the containment seat. So you probably want to change that if you, if you need that. But, uh, and that's, that's basically it. It's, you know, track made, uh, that shows you how old I am. I'm still, I'm still using TrackMate data. So TrackMate uh, data system and TrackMate dash. Um, that's about about it. Everything else is just normal. Um, if someone was going to reach <coughs> reach out to you for the car, how would they reach you? Uh, William Keeling at Hotmail.com. <coughs> Can you spell that for me? Uh, William Keeling, K-E-E-L-I-N-G, Hotmail.com. Awesome. No punctuation. Okay. Great. And I'll, I'll use that too to kind of get a hold of you okay. and everything. Um, I guess the last thing I'd like to ask is if you were going to give somebody advice on how to approach this sport. Well, you go into it, you know, when I got into it, Spec Miata was the entry level class. Uh, I think, you know, I know, I shouldn't say I think. B-Spec is now the entry-level class. Uh, it is the cheapest class to get into, uh, so that would be what I would recommend you do, is, is get a B-Spec, uh, and reasonably fun class. It's not, you know, it has the front-wheel drive. I've never known how, I, I never can drive a front-wheel drive car, so that's why I never switched to that, but, uh, you know, the, the people I started with, uh, John Phillips and Kent Carter, uh, have all both gone over to that class because it is uh, more fun per dollar than Spec Miata. Spec Miata has become uh, a bit of a launching pad for people, and so it's very, very competitive and very deeply competitive. I mean, most fields, the top 20 people have a chance of winning it out of you know, and and we regularly get 60 cars. Out. Yeah. So so if that's what you want, Spec Miata is the way to go. But if if you're looking for the cheapest uh, bang for the buck would be uh, B-Spec. If you want a truly spec car and lots of competition and you don't mind getting hit in the face with bits of rubber, then then I would say Spec Racer uh, is the... So those are my three classes I think are the best classes in the SCCA for uh, drivers. Okay. Now have you, have you raced outside of the SCCA at all or not? Uh, I used to race NASA and I always they each have their they each have their their advantages and disadvantages uh, SCCA is tend to be kind of we've always done it this way we're going to continue to do it this way NASA is a little more younger and will change and unfortunately sometimes they'll change mid weekend you know, oh. because because they're just you know we're we're they, that's what they they you know if they see something they'll just do it on the fly so it's, it's you know kind of both extremes uh, the reason I stopped racing with NASA was uh, because of the insurance after I had the crash and you know luckily I was employed and, and so my employment insurance paid uh, the majority of it but the, the SECA insurance paid the, the, the my deductible so they paid the 5000 so I had no out of pocket for, for the my, help for the for help. my week in the hospital yeah yeah so and I've done lemons and I've done chump car and WRL uh, we had 
can't and John and I and some other people when the, when the first time Chuck Carr came to our cha- uh, Lemons came to Houston we built a Miata and they promptly crushed it at noon on Sunday <laughs> and so we built for the next race we decided oh they only crushed one car so we built two so we built two two Miatas for the next race and we were about 80% through with the second car and what, a young kid who was helping us, and we were so full of ourselves, we were like, yeah, we got this wired. We're going we're gonna to win. Even if they crush one of our cars, we're going to win. Uh, and about 80, 80% through with the second car, one of the kids who was helping us was like, yeah, the only thing you can do is if they, if they crush one car and penalize the other. And we were like, fuck, we hadn't thought about that. Now, what do you mean by crushed? Uh, in the early days of Lemons, they, they, would, they had what they called the People's Choice Award and the People's Curse Award. And, and the People's Curse Award was, was supposedly selected by your fellow racers. I think it was more of uh, Jay Lamb, the guy who, 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 was, who was running, it picked it out. Because, you know, if you read this, their rules, it does says, you know, uh, he makes all the rules. C, rule 2 is C, rule 1. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, they, on Sunday, about midday on Sunday, the second day, they, they tallied up the votes and they would crush the car that was the people's curse. Literally crush it. Yeah, they, they took a big road grader with a claw on it and, would, and dropped it. You know, they used various pieces of equipment. And, and you guys have put all the work in that car, but then you just... They gave you 30 minutes. They gave you 30 minutes to take anything you want off of it. And, and, oh and I don't know about that rule, So man. We, we, you know, we took off belts and safety equipment and stuff that we wanted off of it. And, and to finish the story I was telling you the first time is so so the guy said they're going to give us a pen, you know penalty and, and crush the one and we, we were like oh crap we hadn't thought about that we went and we got some ungodly on the one I entered we got some ungodly they, they said it was you know didn't like my receipts and said it was way over the $500 and gave gave us something crazy number of penalty laps I can't remember what it was it was just uh, insurmountable and so they that's how we started the race and so we knew that they would probably crush the other one and uh we had some problem with the other one and didn't didn't do well in that car either and they came to us on sunday and they said well you're you're one and two in the in the voting so we don't care which car you bring us just bring us one car and so and and we had a big since we had six drivers between two cars uh that time when it came time to strip them we, we pretty much got it stripped, and they finally said, you know, you got to stop taking stuff off this car, we'll hunt it in the strip. So we rolled it over, you know, bare, and uh, they, they crushed that one, too. I think that was the one that actually lifted with, with the claw, and, you know, they didn't like us in Lemons because we came in a spec Miata. I mean, we came in a Miata. We were all spec Miata drivers, so we all had history of driving these cars, and they thought we were cheating. You know, they, they thought we would just, you know, and we were buying $500 little junk Miatas and just assembling them and, and racing them, you know, because, you know, it, it, it's a good car. So if, if you have reasonable drivers, even a, a chump like me, you know, and a couple of good drivers, you're going to do good. And so we were doing good and, and they thought we were cheating. And it's funny thing is like they pulled the, 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 when they were picking it up, they actually pulled the motor out of it and dropped the motor and, and it cracked the, the valve cover. And I, you know, after they finished crushing it, I went over and I reached in there and I pulled out some some sludge, you know, and, and, I, and I held it up. And I said, "This is for all the people who think we're running, cra- you know, 
yeah. race motors. You know, this is a junkyard motor that we stuck in here. You know, here it is, you know. I had no idea about that. I'm really surprised that people even participate if their cars didn't get crushed. Well, they, they, they kind of stopped. It was one of their gimmicks early on. And they, they don't do it as much anymore. And I stopped after that. I was like, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I'm tired of have, building these cars and yeah. having crushed. And so I stopped doing it. And uh, John and I can't remember who else went, but a couple people went over to No Problem Raceway with the car that we had left. And they got selected to be crushed again. And... and the driver was out in the car. They came on the radio. Said you need to bring the car in. And, and the driver, the, 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 John, John was in the car. And John said, "Okay, uh, took the trailer up to the car. I mean, to the t- truck. Load everything up, and call me when you're ready." <laughs> and he pulled off the track. And they said, "You got to take this car and get crushed." And he said, "No." And the guy, the guy, the organizer, sat on the front of the car. And he's like, "You can stand in front of the car, but I'm pulling it in the trailer, and you can drive all the way back to Houston in the back of the trailer. I don't care." Yeah. And so he took it. And if you look through uh, the the web page for Lemons, they have they have a photo thing of all the people's choice and all the people's curse. And so you can see the two cars that got crushed, and you'll come to one, which is a black Miata on a on a uh, milk carton. <laughs> miss this one's missing. <laughs> so they, it, you know, and so we didn't we didn't do lemons anymore much after that. And then the the guy who Jay Lamb had gotten the idea for a five hundred dollar endurance series from out in California, he kind of didn't like the theater of what he was doing with lemons, and so he formed a Chump Car, I believe. And so we we pulled this one out of the barn. It had been in the barn for a couple of years, and we we ran it for a bunch of years. It was kind of cursed. It got mostly second places. We got a few first place and mostly seconds and uh, a couple of really low finishes when we had problems, but mostly we finished. We had one where uh, Texas World Speedway was kind of our favorite track and, and local to us, and so we went there and they were having a 24, and we we prepped the crap out of the car. We prepared. We're, we're going to be we're gonna win this 24-hour race, and we came in second because there was there was a faster car than us, and they were they were better drivers, and they were beating us, you know, no matter. And we had a good driver lineup: uh, Chris Haldeman, yeah, uh, uh, Ross, uh, uh, Mike Ross, or uh, what's the Ross? What's can't think more. I can't think of Ross's first name. He he was the NASA championship in Spec Miata one year. Okay. So NASA champion, and then John Phillips, you know, and and me, I believe. We're in that car. It's the only people we had in the car, and so we thought we were, we had it wired. But this other team came, pulled up, and no matter what we do, we we'd put the fast drivers in, and they would just go a second faster than us. It was like it was like no matter what we do, and so we we finished second. And it was we were kind of lucky to finish second because it was a uh, it was in August, and so to be prepared, uh, uh, we had a jug of water because we figured yeah. you know might need to put some water in the radiator and it was in a blue jug but one of the fuelers didn't get that note and we 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 put in five gallons of water into the tank and uh, we had to figure that out and chris figured it out in like 10 seconds he, he you know he pulled up he's like oh there's there's you know he pulled off of, uh, the fuel line he's like, oh this is water and, we, and so we drained the, we drained the whole tank we filled it we got back out and lost like two laps wow <laughs> it's funny that he knew what it was I can't imagine. Um, so I, I, you know, I really appreciate your time. Well, it's been a pleasure meeting you. All right. I want to thank you for listening or watching Drive to Compete. 
It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise I'll personally respond to every comment, every question, and every request. If you want to connect, start with our website, driventocompete.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Whether you reach out or not, please like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go kick some ass.